Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Open City Podcast, a show about the past, present and future of London. It features new stories about the city and fresh perspectives on the challenges and opportunities we face together. Welcome to the Open City Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking about one of London's most famous thoroughfares, the Old Kent Road, and the work that local people are doing to make sure that the future of the road and its surrounding neighbourhoods is one that truly benefits them and future generations of South East Londoners. We'll be paying particular attention to one community space, Livesey Exchange, which sits at the heart of the people's plan to make the redevelopment of Old Kent Road work for them. Old Kent Road is a world-famous street, not only because of Monopoly, but also because of its rich industrial heritage. In the Victorian era, the area was a vital hub for London's industrial machine. Its proximity to the river and docks meant that railway lines and canals were built, bringing factories and warehouses along with them. Our journey to the Livesey Exchange starts in Victorian London, and after crossing the small matter of extensive German bombing in World War II, ends in ambitious, multi-billion pound visions for the future of this important London road. Lives the Exchange, the brainchild of local entrepreneur and organiser Nicholas Okwulu, sits at the heart of all of this. Named after the great Victorian industrialist George Livesey, it is a home for the needs and aspirations of the local community, where people can come and learn how to fix their bikes, create and exhibit art, sign up for training in classes, or just hang out. Perhaps most importantly, it is a place for locals to come together and help determine the future of their beloved neighbourhoods, away from council planning rooms and developers' offices. We'll be talking to Nicholas about his memories of Old Kent Road in the 80s and 90s, how he started Livesey Exchange, and what makes him both excited and fearful about the proposed plans for the area. I'm Selassie Setifer, co-host of the Open City podcast co-founder of Black Females in Architecture and senior architect at BeFirst. My name is Arman Nouri, co-host of the Open City podcast and founding member of Built Environment Collective, ISOR. So Nicholas, Sir George Thomas Livesey, chairman of the South Metropolitan Gas Company, and as a text I read in the Livesey Exchange stated, Southwark's greatest industrialist. Yes, you obviously respect the man enough to name your brainchild after him. So what makes you so interested in him? 
Um, there was two reasons, really. Um, when I came to Peckham, Old Kent Road, um, I actually lived just off Surrey Canal Bridge, but there was no bridge. And then also the whole point of where does Surrey come into it as well. So, uh, Peckham originally came under the county of Surrey in the old days. And for me, it was like putting these pieces together and then seeing some of the buildings being knocked down and... You know, there was no reference to what stood there before read about George Livesey because the ward was actually called the, the Livesey Ward. Um, and then when I kind of looked into, you know, who George Livesey was, you know, so he was a philanthropist, you know, he looked after his workers and wanted the best for them. And I thought, you know what, this, you know, is a, a good example of how things should be. And if people are going to read up about, you know, George Livesey and the connection between the Livesey Exchange, you know, it provides a path that people can go, OK, I can see where it's going and why it's doing what it's doing. And so I I didn't know that Peckham was part of Surrey. That's incredible. That's a nice little fact. Yeah, it came under Surrey, yeah. Came under Surrey in the old days. I, I guess, tell us more about when that was, for example. When So when was it part of Surrey? And when did you hear uh, about let that? Ju- let, me ju- let me just ask Google. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for, for most people who go down Old Kent Road now, whether you're cycling down, driving down on the 172, however, it's probably quite easy to not think about it as uh, an industrial space, right? But it has this incredible, incredible industrial history, starting from really the Victorian era. Because, you know, it's an area that was obviously close to the docks. You mm. had the railway. You had the South Metropolitan Gas Works, which we've already spoken about George Livesey being being the owner and operator of. Yeah, the canal. Exactly, the Grand Surrey Canal. Yes. And that's quite easily forgotten about, right, when you're going down it now? It, it, it is, and I think, you know, when you talk to a lot of the older residents in and around Old Kent Road, and especially around, you know, our estate, you know, a lot of them still have memories of, you know, the canal being there. And, and I think just before... Witten Timber closed this April. You know, if you went into Witten Timber, you'd see the diagram of and pictures of, you know, how the Witten family brought timber from East London uh into into Peckham. I've I've actually asked Google about about the history yeah. of, of Peckham, sorry. So Google says yeah. um Dum 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 drum roll please. <laughs> Google says Peckham was originally part of the parish of Camberwell in Surrey, which became the metropolitan borough of Camberwell within the county of London in 1889. Wow. So, yeah, we're talking we're talking about a while back, but that that, you know, 1889. So that is, you know, we're talking about peak industrial era then. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of things happen then. I think even just to give an example, if I'm correct, I think Christchurch which is on the same side as the garages on, you know, where the current lives, the exchanges used to be where the gas works were and was moved over onto our side, I think, to make way for the gas works. Right. Which right. a lot of people don't know. And what I love about it, though, is that, OK, so, yeah, you're going down, you probably it's quite hard to tell that it was this, this industrial heartland, this beating, beating heart of, mm. of London's industrial period. But actually, the remnants of it are very much with us today. So obviously, we've still got the Livesey gas holder, still something you see when you go down. Mm. And the Grand Surrey Canal has now been, quote unquote, hidden, right? So you can walk yes. you can walk it. And actually, this is amazing when I was doing my research for this, for this show, that Peckham Library was at the terminal of the canal. So that's, yes. where, it, that's, that's where it ended. 
That's and, correct. And, and, and that's called Eagle Wharf. Eagle Wharf, right. And Burgess Park, right? That's built on top yeah. of that whole canal. So, you know, despite the fact that it's all gone, it's still mm. very much with us and very much been embedded into the infrastructure that we rely on today. It's an important point about the industry because that's why the area was so heavily bombed by the Germans, right? So it was because yeah. it was such an important strategic site to London and, and the war. It was that process of destruction that is so integral to how we know it now because it opened up all this space and then you come with post-war planning, you come with these big roads, you come with these retail parks, all these spaces of consumerism and that's, you know, the, the old Kent Road that most people know of today, right? Yeah, and also Burgess Park, you know, was created through the bombing out during the war as well. Maybe, and I'll say maybe, and don't quote me on this, I think maybe the council really had a vision to actually start changing how Old Kent Road was going to be seen. You know, when you go down Vestry Road, which is just off Old Kent Road behind the PC World, you know, to me that was a very industrial area that Southwark had kind of limited but now it's almost like you've got these industries that are just so clean. It's it's almost as if they're trying to unpollute the ground. When I look at it and I think about young people who are coming onto the roads and seeing what's going on and living in the area, they're seeing something completely different. They, they've missed the history of what it used to be like. And I still talk to people who still remember parts of uh, Old Kent Road that still had, you know, wooden tracks along the roads. It's kind of funny that people only kind of realising how central Old Kent Road really is. You know, plus it's got its vibrant history. You know, we've got uh, the original Kentish Drovers. So when you go to Peckham and people tell you about Kentish Drovers, where people used to stop and, you know, feed their cattle, it wasn't actually in Peckham. It was actually on Old Kent Road. We did an archaeological dig and I remember like, oh God, I hope they don't find anything like, you know, uh, you know, maybe some eroded carcasses of sheep or cattle, you know, and I was like, yeah, this this proves that this is the original drovers, <laughs> if that kind of makes sense. And also, also kind of gives that history because I think, you know, at some point somebody's going to dig up parts of, you know, um, Old Kent Road and probably find some remnants where, you know, where people used to stop off on their way to Kent, you know, because, you know, that's obviously how the name came about, Old Kent Road. It's the Old Kent Road. I don't know where they call it, whether they called it Watling Street or whatever in the old days, you know, as they call most roads that lead to uh, Kent. But, you know, it, it does have its vibrant history of how people stopped off on their way to Kent. You know, so you seem to know quite a lot about the history of the area. And I'm wondering... I'm <laughs> um, But I think it's really useful and... and... Obviously, we'll speak later about how um, that has transpired into the project and the things that you're doing today. But I'm wondering mm. how you encourage people to be interested in that history and for them to value that history. I think there's a lot that needs to be said and told. But the question is, is what's, what's people's priorities? And I think, you know, we're creating a space in the Livesey Exchange, you know, to kind of inform people of that history, tell people about things that have happened. And I think, you know, that's going to be the best time when we can sit down and do that. So, you know, I'm already talking to a lady called Mary Mills, who's an historian on 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 George Livesey and the various gas work holders that he built, you know. And I think, you know, one of the things that we're looking at doing is to say, OK, how do we make it interesting? Because So, for example... Why am I interested? Because I think it's the area that I've lived in. I've lived in here, as I said, for 27 years. You know, I've never really been in, interested in history, but I think 
I think because of the way that I've picked it up naturally, it's been it's it's become a bit more exciting. And I think for other people who are not necessarily into history, I think sometimes they need to have that you know feel feel things and be in that environment to be, you know to be interested. So you know with you know with Lives the Exchange, what we're also going to do is show films, have talks, you know, with people. You know, so that, you know, even if you only get to spend an hour with somebody talking about the history, when you bump into them on the road, they can sit down and give you more stories if that kind of... And that's how I've kind of built up my stories, you know. I don't know if you know, just for historical fact, Ronald Reagan's grandfather was actually born just off the old Kent Road on my estate here on Armin and Friary. Claim to fame. Wow. That's a hot fact. That's a hot fact. And I live on the same estate as... Where you know uh, Rio Ferdinand and Anton Ferdinand right, lived right, as well, right, 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 in the steam company. You know, I feel like yeah. you could, you could, you could just do like a whole like um, publication about the area's claims to fame. You said you came to came to the area twenty seven years ago from another place in London, or was yeah. it from outside London? No, it was uh, Lambeth. Lambeth. Okay, so not, I, yeah, not I too lived far. in Brixton, Lovebridge Junction. Yeah. yeah, and what and what made you like come to to Old Road the first place? So, a good friend of mine. He bought a flat on Burdenbush Road. So this is the same road where lives the exchanges right now. And um Can we just I've can just we just rewind up. on the name of that road? Because I remember coming down to Lives the Exchange on, on Open City and just being like, <laughs> that is that the best name for a road in London? No, so we just repeat, no, no, no. Just repeat it again. The name is Bird Bird in Bush Road. Come on. Wait, is that one word? <laughs> no, three three words. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I've been trying to find the the, the I've been trying to find the reason why it was given that name. You know, because you know we've also got Green Hundreds Road. Mm. You know, which intersects with Burdenbush Road. So, you know, sometimes I'm trying to find the reason why these, you know, this area was given names like that. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I haven't got there yet. But um, yeah. Uh, so a friend of mine, my best friend, um, uh, he bought a flat on Burdenbush Road. And um, I'd just broken up with a girlfriend, you know, so I was heartbroken. He said, look, come and stay at my place, you know, while you mend your heart. And um, I remember coming down there and I was like, wow, this is nice. It's a a bus journey away from Brixton, where I always go to. It was literally walking distance of Peckham, which I considered to be very noisy at the time. And it's, it's almost like you could... It's almost like, you know, like Star Trek, you can kind of walk yourself into another dimension and then come back out again as if it, as if you you were never there. And I think that's what I just enjoyed. And I think I end up just going to the housing office and saying, look, I want to get a flat around here, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been here ever since. Has your heart been mended? <laughs> yeah, I'm still recovering. You know, you know what ladies are like. <laughs> Well, it's a good place wow. to mend your heart with all the work that you've been doing. I'm sure your heart's more yeah. than more than mended with all that stuff. Yeah, and and I, and I think you know what I've what I've really enjoyed about the era is is this untapped what's it called this untapped creativity, and I think you know if you look at a lot of the work that we do, you know everything's literally within a stone's throw of myself. You know, you know, um, I think even if we didn't have telephones, I think. I'd still be able to pull off the kind of things that we're doing. And I've, and for me, I think that's one of the main reasons why, you know, I fight for my community because, you know, I don't want it to be, you know, same old, same old Brixton, Dalston, 
you know, a hackney, you know, I, w- I want it to be a, re- you know, where do you want to call it? A gentrified area, a regenerated area that is very diverse and caters for everybody, you know. And I think, you know, may- maybe that's the reason why I came here, you know, nearly three decades ago, because I think maybe I was destined to kind of say, look, guess what I'm going to put, you know, I'm very good at putting my foot down, whether it's with the mayor's office or, you know, with the council to say, look, this is what we want. You know, and I think because I've been delivering a lot of programs, you know, with the community, it's almost like I think my voice is kind of like a majority of the community. I wouldn't say the whole community, but a lot of people in the community and a lot of people that we work with as well. Can you tell us where and how we can find the Livesey Exchange and what we will see when we first arrive? I should say we've got Livesey 1 and Livesey 2, which sometimes can be quite confusing. The history of the original Livesey Exchange that we created was 60 underground garages that we were going to, um, I like using that word, repurpose um, uh, for community use. Um, Livesey actually falls within one of the most deprived wards in London. And I think for me, it was about how do we offer opportunities to people to upskill So when we found these garages, you know, the whole aim was really to support local people and get them to be more included in the wider Southwark, you know, network of what was going on. But at the moment, we're based uh, on Burdenbush Road. What would you see when you get there? Um, You'll see plans for what we're planning to do. We've got some installations that you can see from the last exhibition um, that we did uh, for Open House and for London Design Festival. Because I think for me, you know, for me, us participating in those events was really about showcasing the best of what, you know, the grassroots members, you know, and creators of Southwark had to offer. I think it was almost as if anybody that wrote about Peckham always saw the new shiny things and we wanted to sh- show the things that the reporters wouldn't always see. You know, and, you know, we've used it as a place for people to kind of see what's really going on. You know, uh, we've got lots of young people who come in and shoot their videos in there. Um, we we used to have a leather maker in there. They've now moved out. We're just about planning to have, like, a resident artist of the month, you know. Um, we also run a bike fixing scheme. And we've got some young people who've set up a studio in there. And, you know, the whole aim of this really is really so that you know, local people can have their travel cards ready to jump onto the onto the gravy train. What I loved about it when I came down during open house weekend is that you really, really had to put the work in to find it. Like it wasn't something you could just walk down the street and come across it, right? Like you, it's like yeah, you, you'd like you, you you needed to know where it was to find it. Which sounds like a crazy thing to say, but I think that speaks to the fact that it is such a local space, right? It's something for the local people around to use. And it's when you come to it, you work out where it is that you feel right. Okay, this is for me and I can keep coming back to it. Um, Do you know what? I think it's happened that way. And the thing is, people find it. Local people know where it is. All you have to do is say it's next to the school. If you want to, if 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 you're lost and you speak to, let's say, for example, a 16, 17, let's say like a 16 to 25 year old, just say to them, oh, do you know where the maze is? And they'll tell you, they'll take you right there because we've got these protrusions that come out of Livesey 
And all the young, all the young people, as I said, between the ages of 16 to 25, they used to play hide and seek there. So they've always called it the maze. So when you're young, you can kind of get lost behind all the protrusions. So they've always called it the maze. And I remember when I was first told, loud, you know, I remember I was, I was saying to somebody, oh, you know, I'm next to the school, between the school and the tower block. And the young man next to me went, oh, you know where the maze is? And the guy went, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, it's underneath there. You know, so for local people, they know where it is. And I think for those who, you know, who've who've come looking for it to make their videos, they all seem to find it pretty easily. And is that something that you like? The fact that locals find it so easily and non-locals need to put a bit of work into to find yes. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when we got the new site, I was, I was, I'll be honest, I was upset because having it on the estate in the garages, even though people couldn't look through the concrete, what was good is we had three tower blocks that were looking down on, on, on the garage, on, on, on the project, you know? And I think for me, that was really, really good because it kind of gave ownership that if anybody kind of came, you had to kind of behave yourself. And if anybody was going to shout out the window, it's like, listen, keep the noise down. We'd be like, okay, sorry, we'll keep the noise down. You know, um, and I think when we went, you know, when they gave us the new site, everybody was like jumping like, yeah, guess what, we've got a new site. And they were like, what do you think? I'm like, do you know what? Don't really like it. And somebody said, why not? I said, because that community ownership has now kind of disappeared. And I think that's one of the things that we're now lacking in London, that whole community ownership. And I think for me, you know, I really enjoy like where we are because I think if any little thing happens, you know, we have to go run into the to the local tenants residents association and say, oh, look, we're really, really sorry. It's not going to happen again. Whereas now it's like if anything happens, it's like, oh, let's just hope the council doesn't call if that kind of makes sense. You know, that ownership and that that bonding with the community, it's there, but it's not as much as what it is in terms of where we are now. I guess that's... Um... Do you see that as a trade-off? Do you see that as a trade-off between the the type of space which the new Lives Exchange number two is going to be and, and provide for, which, you know, from looking at the model on the Open House Weekend and, and speaking to you and Francis about it, it looks incredible. It looks so, so beautiful for that kind of space and infrastructure to exist. First of all, let alone in London, which, you know, is is Babylon and, and on so many counts, right? So for us to have that kind of space on Old Kent Road... It's beautiful, but is it a trade-off in your eyes? It It is a trade-off because I think, you know, when we started the project originally, it was really about looking at a, at a small geographical area. You know, as I said, Livesey Ward was one of the most deprived wards in, you know, in London, England. And for me, it was really about how do we... How do we take something, repurpose it and make it beneficial to the, you know, to the residents in that geographical area? You know, but then when we, you know, when we were offered the new site on Old Kent Road, it was like, wow, this is now going to become a bit more of a challenge now. I would, it, It's an easier challenge because, you know, it's about how do you create a business plan that kind of works for everybody because you have to make it all inclusive for everybody. Whereas on the estate, it was really about how do we empower the people from the local estates, you know, to kind of join what's happening on Old Kent Road. Now it's like we're now part of Old Kent Road. So literally everybody has to kind of be ready. And I think, you know, as I said earlier, that's where my whole, you know, that's where my whole thinking about, you know, gravy train is. 
you know, and I think that's how I de- kind of describe, you know, Old Kent Road now, where it's it's almost like, yeah, the developers are coming in. So as a community, we have to jump on that train. You know, we can't sit down holding placards up and saying, oh, we want to do this or you should do that because a lot of them are doing all that work anyway. So for me, you know, I, I just wish we had a little bit more time, you know, on the Ledbury estate to do what we are doing. And I think for me, you know, everybody's looking at, the opportunities that are on Old Kent Road. It's one of the most deprived areas in England or London and England. You know, there's a lot of opportunities and resources that not are not really afforded to local people. You know, people are kind of scared in terms of venturing into new things. And, you know, what I've always found was that people were too scared to go to places like Tate because as far as they were concerned, it wasn't for them. They were working class people going to a middle-class place. So, you know, from their perspective, it's like, we've never been there. My parents have never been there, so we shouldn't be there. Um, So for me, you know, creating Livesey is also about creating a halfway space where people can kind of sample things that are outside their own comfort zone. And I think there's lots of things that I've tried to do. So, for example, I think in one of the plans when we got the new site, was to have like a great big massive glass window. And the whole point of that really was, how do you get people to look in without looking in? You know, how do you tempt them to see, oh, look what's happening here. Oh, you know what, can I come in? Because I think people like, you know, what I've noticed is that people like to come into a space or look into a space first before they go into it. I think it's also about Livesey being a space which gets people comfortable and familiar with the change that is about to come as well, right? So it's about, as you said, I definitely see the point about creating the halfway house so people become accustomed to going to places like the Tate. But it's also, you know, we're and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but there's so much change that is about to come in the area, right? And you want to give people the skills, first of all, to deal with that change, mm-hmm. but also the capacity and the consciousness to deal with that change. And I, and I guess that leads to my question about being, do you think that people come to Livesey to increase their knowledge of what is about to come? And do you think that the, the space has played an important role in that? You know, someone like me, you know, when I came up with the idea about the Livesey Exchange, it was just really a place for people to gather around from a, you know, from a, from a small geographical area. You know, it's become synonymous with, if you want something, you can get it. Don't just let people say, oh, you can't do it. How do we get local people to understand that if you want something, you've really got to fight for it. You can't just afford for it to be handed over to you just like that, you know. And if you're not happy with the changes that are happening in your area, you know, I think what's the saying? If you want something tomorrow, you've got to start building it today. It's really about, you know, if you want to see change and you want to change the way you want it, you have to kind of create it yourself. And I think for me, that's the most important part about the Livesey Exchange. It's it's also, when we're talking about the gravy train, as you so beautifully put it, coming mm. into an area like Old Kent Road. When we talk about gentrification, right, that is the the displacement aspect of that as a process is when people who live there lose the spaces and the infrastructures and the networks they rely on, right? Mm. The beauty about Livesy Exchange is that you've created a space for the people who are there now and with Livesey number two, 
that will be a space that continues to be there for the people who live there now. And that is the fundamental point here, right? So you're getting all yeah. this investment coming in, you're getting all this money coming in, and that is going to create spaces for people who don't currently live in the area. That's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing as long as the people who do live there at the moment are still able to access their networks, access that's their correct. relationships, and, 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 and grow as a community. And that's what Lives Exchange as a space is trying to do. What I kind of worked out was, you know, if we've got middle-class graphic designers who want to come and do stuff, am I going to tell them that they can't come in? No. And those, you know, those middle-class graphic designers can still sit and teach working-class people to become good graphic designers and they can go from being working-class to middle-class, you know. And I think it's about it's about how do you how do you kind of build skills of people, but... What we also found when we started Livesey, when we started doing all the consultations, was we had quite a lot of uh, middle-class people in Livesey, even though it was a deprived ward. So for me, that was kind of good. And I think talking to a lot of people, you know, some of those people never became, you know, middle-class people overnight. You know, they literally came to Peckham, Old Kent Road, because, you know, because it was so deprived, it was it was one of the few places that you could actually afford you know, so do we start penalising those people who've worked really, really hard to get to where they get to? No. And those people, they understand the struggle and want to share their struggles with others as well. I think the thing, the key thing that I keep on hearing or the key interpretation of everything that's been discussed so far for me is this thing of balance and and how that exchange as you describe um creates some sort of equilibrium and there's it's mutually beneficial for the people who are needing to learn skills and then the people who need a space to execute whatever skill that they already have and also and also you know also those who want to just contribute to empowering people as well you know, because I think, you know, it's it's also about people who've who've had lived experience. So like I said, you know, I've always classified myself, well, I still do as a working class person. But, you know, I went to work in the pharmaceutical industry. All of a sudden I got a nice car and wear nice suits. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, you're middle class. No, I ain't. But I think my, my income kind of dictated, you know, middle class at the time, if that kind of makes sense. You know, but I think because I lived in a in an area that was quite deprived, it was almost like that can't be true. You know, and I think for me, it's really about how do we alleviate some of the poverty aspects that exist in that in that area? If we want to talk about that time when the gravy train rolls into town again, let's just stick with this analogy because I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm also very hungry and thinking about gravy. So that's another, another reason. <laughs> But so when when this comes to town, we've spoken about already Livesey number two being on this really, really visible part of Old Kent Road, right? We're speaking about it being having a glass panel so people being able to look in. Well, they can't now because we've had to change the design. Uh, hint, hint, everybody, we haven't got enough money. So if anybody wants to make a contribution... Listeners, you're listening. No, you're listeners, shameless listeners, plug. Roll call, roll call. Shameless plug, uh, I love it. Shameless plug. <laughs> I'm going to say as it is, you know, we've only raised half the money so far. Um, and if How much money do you need? Money, Go on, let's let's hear it. So our our total budget is. I'm actually we're actually going to see the QA tomorrow. Uh, so I've, uh, you know, but we're looking at roughly raise. We need to raise about one point six to complete both buildings, and we've raised eight hundred thousand so far. Okay, so anybody listening, you want to contribute to something amazing? 
Shall, shall I give the web address? Go, go for it. Do it. Uh, w, if you don't w, ask, w, you don't w, get. <laughs> w, <laughs> <laughs> www, or shall I say all the three W's, Livesey, L-I-V-E-S-E-Y, exchange.com. Um, you know, if anybody, you know, we're, we're currently fundraising at the moment, speaking to everybody, but, you know, with the whole situation with regards to corona, you know, it's kind of slowed, slowed things down. Mm. But, you know, we've got a business plan. We've got partners such as the mayor's office, Southwark Council. So everything's bona fide. Um, yeah. And if anybody wants to contribute, and I think it's not really just about people just throwing money in. It's about, do you want to put money in to make a change for lives of those who would not necessarily see this opportunity? And if Livesey wasn't there, you know, they might not be able to have that opportunity. Such was the beauty of our conversation with Nicholas that it went on and on and on and on. It went on for so long that we decided to make two episodes out of it. So, watch this space. We'll be back soon with more from Nicholas and the future of Old Kent Road. This podcast was brought to you by Open City, the creator of London's largest architecture festival, opening up hundreds of buildings to the public each year. Go to openhouselondon.org.uk forward slash appeal to help the charity that's been hit hard by COVID-19. A big thank you to Massive Music for making our podcast track, to our editor Ed Ryman and our illustrator Claudia Alexandrino, to our podcast host Selassie Satifa, Armin Nuri, Lara Kinnear, Merlin Fulcher and our producer Ruby Maynard-Smith and the Open City staff Rhea Martin, Zoe Cave and Sean Milliner. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details